I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story. You might turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, or you can follow along on the presentation here. This will be our our, uh, our text for this evening. Appreciate in the in the prayer uh, the idea that that we we want to make sure we're we're getting our message from the Bible and and tonight we're going to be mostly based here in this in this scripture. So uh, hopefully we can even if I don't do well presenting this, we'll have studied these scriptures and that will be useful in and of itself. Let's read from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Verse 14. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So tonight we're going to talk about the whole armor of God. It's sort of a a fundamental lesson on these these passages that we just read, probably not unfamiliar to us. So I just want to take some time to, to look at what this um, what is this war that we're in? What is the armor under consideration? And what does it mean in a practical way for us as we live as, as Christians on the earth today? So our outline would be these these points, and we'll tick through these as we go. The uh, as we read our text, we are to put on the all of the armor of God, all of these things in this list. And this is presented as uh, by Paul as a sort of a, of a parable or a metaphor as we relate these, these spiritual ideas to physical ideas in the idea of a, a Roman soldier um, with these spiritual conflicts that we're going through in our fight as Christians in relating these things to, to that physical soldier. And of course that that list of the whole armor of God. We have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and I've kind of tagged it here, the gospel-ready shoes, 
the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. So the first one we want to look at is, is really kind of, as I have listed the title there, the whole armor of God. Verses 10 through 13 give context to this list and uh, talk about really that whole concept of the armor and describes what it is that we're up against and what we are fighting. So let's look at verse 10. Verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We are to be strong, but in the Lord. I would emphasize in the Lord. This isn't about how great we are. This is about uh, being strong in the strength of his might, God's might, not, not ours. We're to glorify God, not glorify self. We need to trust in God and not in ourselves. Be strong in the strength of his might. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You know, another another um, song that we sing, it's in our book here, uh, 231, Soldiers of Christ Arise, and, and that may be very familiar to you. <clears throat> but the verse, I believe it's verse 4, verse 3, says, but take to arm you for the fight, the panoply of God. And that word panoply is, is maybe a little bit of an archaic word, but that's the idea of the entire arsenal, all of the, all of the things, all of the pieces of armor together that a, that a soldier would have. You know, sometimes in, in, in movies, we might see where uh, it, it builds up to the battle scene and then the heroes will go to uh, a secret room with all these diverse uh, armaments, and the weird sword and the and the axe and and or these high tech spy weapons or this sort of thing, and they each will creatively pick a, a set of things. And that is that is not what this is. This is this is like uh, U.S. soldiers are issued you know these set of weapons, and that's what they all have. Or the Roman soldiers, more to the point of our of our text. And in the context of what Paul's addressing here, they were given these set of standard things, and we are expected uh, to to take up these these standard sets of armament that that are prescribed by God. We're not supposed to be cowboys and just making things up. We're supposed to follow God's instruction, and we're supposed to do all the things, all the things in the list, not just some of those things. Pick and choose. We need to pick all of the things in the armament of God. Prepare in all of these ways. Take up the whole armor of God. The whole set. Verse 11, the second half here. One of the things in this passage is that we are to stand or withstand or stand firm. That's a theme that keeps coming up. So where it says, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, of the devil. We keep, we keep seeing that. Don't give up. The enemy here is the devil. We need to stand against his tricks and his schemes against, against us and against others as we seek to help each other in this fight as a, as an army or church family or whatever analogy you want to, want to use with that. We need to keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Remember that the devil walks as a lion seeking whom he may devour. We need to be watchful. We need to stand and be ready. Verse 12. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The enemy is the devil. This is a spiritual war, not a physical war. For instance, if we find ourselves trying to have a Bible discussion with our neighbor and then we hit them over the head with our Bible, we have, we have gone off the deep end. We are not doing the right thing in that case. <clears throat> this is not a battle of flesh and blood. This is against the spiritual forces on the spiritual plane. Obviously, we live here in the flesh and we're talking to people, but the, the things that we're discussing are of spiritual nature. If we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, we have a similar idea here with the, this concept of the temple. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, Christ was, is being compared to a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. And you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're not actually stacking our bodies here and building a, a temple. It's the concept that we together are being built up to build the church and to serve in these spiritual ways. We're living here on earth honoring God, but this relates to these spiritual spiritual realities that we don't see. We think about the earthly Old Testament temple, and the church is the sort of the New Testament temple, the, the spiritual manifestation of those physical things. Each of us are stones in the temple, living stones. Just as the battle we fight on earth in persuading men to Christ and avoiding sin, this is this relates and corresponds to a heavenly battle. And these, it's about ideas, not about bullets. So we, we, we certainly operate here as people, flesh and blood on the earth, but our battle is really a spiritual one. Verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. There's an emphasis here of, of standing firm and of taking up the armor, taking up the whole armor of God to withstand and having done all to stand firm. We need to, we need to be tough. We need to, to be prepared and have uh, that fortitude to stick with these things. This is an epic battle that we need to stand our ground. We need to have courage. God will be victorious regardless of what we do. The question is, will, will you and, and will I stay loyal to him so that we can be part of that victory? We need to stand firm. So now that we look at the, let's look at the individual parts of this armament, the belt of truth. Verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. First half of that verse. And notice again, the first word as we get into this, this section, stand therefore. We're, we're emphasizing this. We need to stand firm. We are immediately reminded of that as we get into this section. That's the overarching point of this description of this spiritual battle and of these armaments that help us in that. We need to stand firm. What are we to think about this belt of truth? The Roman armor 
begins and depends on, on this belt. It's, it's always worn, even when a soldier would be uh, perhaps at ease or at camp and you know, not in the midst of a battle, but taking off most of their armament, they would keep this, this belt on. And some of the other armaments would actually hang and connect to it. But we're relating it to truth, the belt of truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, in John 14, 6. So, so Jesus is truth. We need to keep the truth always with us as a foundation. And certainly the word itself, the, 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 the truth of his words and, and of uh, the behaviors that we are to, to model in our life from his words. Let's look at uh, here from John 6, 68 and 69. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And this is where some were leaving, some were leaving Jesus because of his hard sayings. But Peter's response is, well, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. If we don't have the way and the truth and the life, Jesus, we've lost eternal life. We've lost the battle that we're describing here in these verses. If we don't believe God's truth, we are lost. We are no longer really even in the battle. Gird yourself with truth. Or as we see in Proverbs chapter 23, the first part of verse 23, buy truth and do not sell it. Don't compromise on the truth. Don't abandon the truth. It is precious and is part of our armor. In our spiritual war, how can we fight if we dump the truth? It's over. This is a battle about these ideas and truth and persuading men to follow the truth. Let's look at the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 14. Stand therefore... The second half uh, focus on stand therefore having uh, fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And the idea of righteousness being being right with God. One easy way to get killed if you're a Roman soldier would be to get stabbed in the chest. It'd be a pretty obvious thing. Uh, but the breastplate, this piece of armor that would cover your chest, would provide protection to the vital organs such as the heart and lungs and the spleen. This idea of righteousness in our lives, now not self-righteousness, not holier than thou, not being 100% flawless, rather being in a right relationship with God. If we lose our relationship with God, in this war, it's over. We're, we're part of his army. We're in his in his uh, chain of command, if we give all that up, uh, we basically lost the battle. The devil's got us at that point. This breastplate of righteousness, having that right relationship with God, can give us confidence as we go into these battles, <clears throat> as we um, have the conflicts, as we have these discussions with people, or maybe even, in some cases, uh, those that would perhaps violently oppose us. We We know that we have the spiritual victory if we remain faithful to God and remain righteous. The next point is the gospel-ready shoes. Verse 15, And as for your feet, 
having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, covering your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Literally, having having fitted for your feet with preparation of the gospel of peace. As we think of our metaphor with the Roman soldiers, we would think, of course, of their of their sandals that they would have. And they had some special sandals made of leather, which leather sandals wasn't perhaps all that special, but the way that they would have on the bottom of the soles of these of these sandals, they had hobnails or rocks embedded in there as traction. This is to keep the soldier from slipping. And as with shoes we would wear today, they would become more comfortable with wear. And as we think about the, the gospel message, how familiar are you with the gospel message? How familiar am I? Are we, are we properly studying our Bibles and are we routinely sharing the message with our friends and neighbors so that we can become more familiar with these things? This is what the battle is about. It's this war is this, this discussion of ideas and trying to win others to Christ and remaining faithful ourselves. The more we do this, we have more confidence we have, just as with the other piece of armor. And the more peace, the more peace we would have with these things. We need to be prepared to teach our friends and neighbors. 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. The preparation of the gospel of peace means to be prepared to defend your faith with kindness, but also with competence, that we we know why we believe what we believe. And that doesn't mean we have to all be super experts or whatever. Maybe that seems intimidating, but if we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, well, why? Are we prepared to talk about that? Not necessarily from a pulpit or whatever, but just, just with our, our friends and neighbors. Those are the kind of things we need to be prepared to think through and talk about. Romans ten fifteen, And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news or the gospel? Having fitted our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, God wants to see our feet involved in going to teach our friends and neighbors and family about the good news, the gospel. Now, we're not talking about physically pretty shoes or boots or whatever. I have I have two kids. I have a daughter and a son, and my son and I are kind of on the same page. We don't really care about all that, but my daughter is into pretty shoes. That's a big deal for her. But that's not what this is about. Spiritually, Let's work on making our feet beautiful in God's eyes. Let's have our feet be busy and engaged and accustomed and competent in these things that we would be uh, characterized by sharing the gospel with those we come into contact with. The shield of faith. Hebrews 11, 1 talks about faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. We're looking forward to our home in heaven. We have hope of that. We have a righteous expectation. We have not seen heaven, 
with our physical eyes, but it's a spiritual idea and something we believe is true. Our faith encompasses our obedience and our trust in God and, and leads us to have hope and to have our behaviors change that we are pleasing to God. Back to our text here in Ephesians 6, verse 16, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So let's talk about the shield of faith. In the Roman soldier idea here, we have shields that would uh, catch fire arrows, and they would have these uh, wooden shields that would then be coated with with leather, and, and sometimes as they prepare for the battle, they would soak that, so that would be uh, able to catch a, a, a flaming arrow, and then it would actually extinguish it in that leather and wood as it would pierce it and stop it. And then we also know from from history that they would use these these shields in a turtle shell configuration where they would be side by side and on top of one another to protect the group with these shields. And we can think about that as it would relate to the church and as we work together. And if we think about these arrows, you know, the devil, the devil is a sniper. He gives pot shots. He's, he's called the accuser of the brethren, the liar and the father of lies. True faith, true faith is not just a mental agreement to a set of facts, but it's a trusting, acting, obedient faith. If we have these, this attitude and this type of faith, we can endure his attacks. We can do it together as, and we are stronger as we work together in these things. Let's move on to the helmet of salvation from verse 17. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But focusing first on the helmet of salvation, the first half of our verse here. We are saved. If we are Christians and we have obeyed the gospel, we've had our sins washed away. We are saved. We're already victorious. What do we do from here is the question. But we are saved. We have that great, that great helmet of salvation as Christians. Now, we think again about the Roman soldiers. A head wound would be very likely a mortal wound. And we might even think of the, of the imagery with, um, that uh, Satan would, would bruise his heel and, and, and Christ would crush the head of the serpent and, and these things as we, as we think of the big picture of the gospel. Crushing the head is a, is a death blow. What confidence we can have going into battle, knowing our salvation is assured. Again, if we have the breastplate of righteousness, we have the right relationship with God, and we have all these things we've, we've been discussing. The enemy can't take away Jesus' sacrifice. He can't negate that. He can't make it that Jesus didn't actually die on the cross for our sins. That's secured. Of course, it's a choice for us about how we behave and how we react to these things. So the admonition is, don't throw away your salvation with disobedience. Continue to have the helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit is the last in our list of these armaments, of the whole armor of God. In the second half of verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Again, 
It's a spiritual, spiritual sword, the word of God. If we think back to the Roman soldiers, they would uh, have typically a short sword that they would be issued for close fighting. And the sword was called a gladius, and we've, we've seen images of that. I have some here of this, of this common Roman sword. And we might think in our minds and contrast that with the devil and his, his arrows, right? He's sort of a sniper shooting pot shots at us. But we have to get personal with people. We have to get up, up close with people and deal with people one-on-one. The sword of the Spirit is spiritual. It's our only offensive weapon we have here. A soldier needs to know his sword. So the question is, do you know your Bible? Do I know my Bible? Are we studying enough that we're able to have competent conversations with our family and friends and neighbors to, to accomplish the ends that God would have us as we're soldiers for him? Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but we are all naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is what we use to win souls, to persuade men to serve God, to change hearts, to change minds. The sword, or the Word, is powerful. Not us. Again, this is through the power of His, His might, not ours. We need to learn to wield the sword of the Spirit well. And also, prayer. Verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, this isn't really listed as one of the pieces of armor per se, relating it to a piece of Roman armor, but this is arguably part of part of our preparation uh, for our battle. We are not an army of one. I am not an army of one. <laughs> you are not an army of one. This is a team sport. As we say, no man is an island. This is a, the church is a family or an, or an army is to the analogy. <clears throat> an army of spirit soldiers. And we're going to sing the song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus as an invitation song, sort of a call to action for us to think about these things. Let's see here. Which, Verse 3 in uh, 397 says, uh, in the second half of that, says, put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. And then maybe that's a good way to relate this, this verse here, verse 18, about prayer to these, to these pieces of armor. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there, wanting in the idea of lacking. Don't be lacking. Be prepared with the whole armor of God. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. I like that. So, even if we think about the idea as, as, as spiritual soldiers, we need to be praying at all times. We need to rely on God. We do rely on God, but we need to recognize that we rely on God. We need to rely on the strength of His might. We need to continually ground ourselves in prayer, asking for strength 
and praying for one another as we're in this together. Romans 8, verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors or, or super conquerors or hyper conquerors. More than just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The victory belongs to God. The victory is certain, and we can be part of that if we're faithful. Put on the whole armor of God. Stand firm as we are more than conquerors. And just to review our list, the whole armor of God, the belt of truth, we need to, to rely on the truth, whether we think about Jesus as the truth or his words, they're inextricably entwined together. We need to think about this idea of righteousness. We need to have the right relationship with God. We need to be prepared to share the gospel and be active in that. We need to have faith and acting faith as our shield. We need to be mindful of our salvation and remain faithful to keep that as our relationship stays true to God, that we can retain that salvation and not be uh, an outcast from God. And we need to think of the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God and share the Word of God. And maybe that's a lot of points to, to, to memorize as we finish our lesson. If you simplify it, we're in a spiritual battle. And we need to follow God's plan to victory. And above all, we need to stand firm. This is not easy. We're, we're in a world where most people are not for the things in the Bible. But we need to stand firm. So if there are things we can do to help you thinking about the invitation, if you've not become a child of God and put on the whole armor of God, we would encourage you to, to think on those things, and if we can help help you obey the gospel tonight, we're happy to do that. And in our in our uh, invitation song, 397, Stand Up for Jesus, it's a call to action, whether you're uh, someone who's never obeyed the gospel, get into this would be the, the idea. But for those of us that are Christians, it's a call to action. We need to stand up. We need to stand firm. And we need to put on and fortify all of this armor of God we talked about and, and be busy doing his work and fighting that battle that we're in. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story. Of Jesus and His love.